I'm Nathan. And I'm Bobby. This could be a podcast. This could be a podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you find like this whole thing about like communism, like coming back? I find it like so odd. Like, it seems like a thing that comes back in in history. Like, it, it seems like we've been battling communism, but mm-hmm. sometimes a communist country has been our ally in in incredible ways. Like, yeah. we would not have won World War II without Russia. Like, <laughs> right. So, right. And then all of a sudden, after, after World War II is done, oh, communism is horrible, and it's going to overtake. And it's the threat of it overtaking democracy. This is the weird professional wrestling thing. I don't. I've never understood with communism and democracy. Like that there's a switch that's like two people, like two countries are just fighting to flip the mm. switch and it's just back and forth. And yeah. if it, if communism overtakes, then it's going to be, you know, bread lines yeah, I mean, and, <clears throat> and poor and poverty. But if democracy, the whole domino effect of if North Korea has its way, it's going to be a domino effect in the Southeast. And, and we're all going to, it's going to eventually find its way to our doorstep. I don't know. That was one of the, that was one of the rationales to get into Vietnam is the, the yeah, spread of right. uh, of communism yeah. and everything. But I mean, when you're looking at modern day North Korea, no one in this country really knows what that looks like. No one, I mean, even in high level parts of the government even knows what actual North Korea what, looks like. What, yeah. Cause you can't get in there, man. Yeah. There is the conspiracy theory that it is a CIA um, country. Basically it's just a CIA created country, but I haven't done too much research on that one too talk yeah in, in and some real de- prison depth. planet stuff there yeah which is an interesting thought i mean definitely not a wrong <laughs> possibility uh yeah i don't think so i don't know but you don't know that's the whole well, thing about you're 100 correct nobody can know for certain whether or not aliens dropped us off on this planet as a way to <laughs> self-isolate only the violent people <laughs> you're right is that a theory too yeah that's the whole prison planet oh yeah yeah, hmm. A- yeah. Aliens put us here because we're the violent people. Oh, that's fun. And I haven't heard that one. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> no, I was just going based on like a general prison or general uh, plot of a prison planet. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're like, hey, th- these are the bad people. These are the bad so and sos. So we'll put them here on this planet, and that's why we're all violent. And gotcha. Why we, you know. Yeah, South Park had a great joke about Earth being a. Uh, Reality show that was going to get canceled when they were going to blow up Earth. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. That was a funny joke, but it's a, oh. you don't watch South Park, so it's a, was it funny? Should. Was it funny? Oh yeah, very funny. Are you looking <laughs> forward to South Park coming back? No. Why not? Because I got I don't know too much going on. I gotta you know do all kinds of other things. You don't like their social commentary, do you? I thought it at all. I mean, every time I've heard anything, you know, I've laughed. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they're very good about poking fun about, at absolutely everybody and pointing out hypocrisy and pointing out uh, yeah. absurdity of people's actions and beliefs. And it's like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And it's very, I would say, very even handed. And everybody kind of gets uh, gets their comeuppance. Yeah. Um, even South Park. Even South Park does. They have that great joke about... Uh, they want uh, Stan and uh, Kenny want to get their money back from watching The Passion of the Christ because it was a snuff film. And they're like, come on, we're going to get our money back. It's just going to be like the time we saw basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they oh, make fun of themselves. God, basketball. But basketball is great. Exactly. I mean, that's really good. It's really good. It's really good. 
But that's not going to stop them from making fun of themselves. Is it better than idiocracy? That's the question. Is basketball better than idiocracy? Yeah. Well, idiocracy has turned out to be a documentary, um, whereas basketball <laughs> is still a fictional movie. Yeah. But I don't know. I, th- I think basketball would. I'm curious if I go back and rewatch. It's been a couple of years since the last time I watched uh, idiocracy. How much of that holds up? I remember I, I did show my wife a little bit of it. I think it was a falling asleep because it was yeah. too late to start the movie kind of thing. Not necessarily an interest based falling asleep. As and then you're like, oh man, beef Supreme. Well, that's one of the own. I mean, uh, the Wilson brothers. Yep. So I mean, it's, it's a great movie. I, in what I think it was great about idiocracy is that it wasn't a major hit. Like it kind of went under the radar. Well, cause it wasn't, it wasn't marketed. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't marketed at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember who made, was that Fox or Universal. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Fox. Mm-hmm. They're like, we don't like this is making fun of a majority of our like livelihood mm-hmm. <laughs> between our television shows or our, you know, the sponsors that we want on our television right. shows. We can't. Well, did you see that? <clears throat> what are we gonna What are we gonna do? Right. Uh, well, and it's and it's a very interesting commentary and all that stuff and like a yeah. dystopian future about where that could all lead. It's a, it's a great little compact story, much like basketball. It's just a compact story mm-hmm. about, you know, put these characters in this world, you know, and With see what they long do. preambles, but, by the way. Yeah. They both have long preambles. They do. To it. They do. But that allows you to set them up in the world. Yeah. Though. That allows you to get to know the character beforehand. But uh, did you see Judd Apatow's uh, comments about um, being able to, uh, what did, how do you put it? Uh, like China's, China's purchasing of our silence i think is what one of the things that he oh. said about it basically how like pitching a pitching a show or a movie or anything like that can be killed because of the interest involved and everything like that so he yeah. he made an analogy of like you know if i wanted to make a movie if i want to pitch a movie about um the chinese concentration camps and someone that escaped and everything like that and yeah. do that it's like that would never even leave the pitch meeting that would be no. shut down before the pitch meeting because of all the other interests so going into like why a movie it's- like idiocracy wasn't marketed Versus like all these other but narratives. It was made, but that's the crazy thing. Yeah, that's it, it was made. Yeah, and there was a time when it, when those movies were made or like those shows were made, and like it's wow, how did that slip through the cracks? Like, yeah, how did that ever get made? Well, because they didn't have everything tied up. Now everything seems like it's so tied up. It would be incredible if a movie that spoke out <clears throat> against the Chinese government would. See the light of day. We right. didn't get the script written. Right. You know, I don't know how. I mean, I don't understand the complicity of all media, major media corporations, the NBA, the I don't know about the NFL. I don't know if the NFL is really not as much as the not, NBA. The NBA is the I mean, talk North about Star. Cow towing. Yeah, that's. I mean, whew. Yeah, that's bad. Mm-hmm. How does that? How are you guys? Do you not see this? How like? absolutely hypocritical this is uh and just the idea of like i don't know mulan are you familiar with mulan the, i saw that it came out yeah so how much were they charging for mulan 30 dollars <clears throat> 30 dollars for a movie that if you have a disney plus subscription already you'll be able to watch for free with your disney plus in december like mm-hmm. so that's a tall order quite frankly mm-hmm. and from everybody's account, it wasn't very good. Uh, How dare you say that? Well, no, I'm just like, 
it you wasn't, say that it wasn't, it wasn't, good. it wasn't good. Like, especially comparatively, like it's, you know, Hey, they're trying to do some different things with a different tone, you know, trying to make a little bit more serious of a action movie out of Mulan. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. But you're still missing like heart mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, likable characters, stuff like that. I've always said you need a likable character <clears throat> in a movie or a right. TV show. Right. One of the two. Right. Um, and then, yeah, just the idea that they filmed in the district uh, where, where, like, the Uyghur social, I mean, uh, oh, the, the, the Uyghur camps are. Yeah. And just, like, and like, hey, thanks to this province for having us film, like, in the credits. And it's like, uh. Have you seen any of that footage? Uh, any, like, the drone footage that people have gotten? Oh, like, a little bit. Oh. Like, just, like, literally in passing. It's not something I've really delved into. It's very shocking. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. It's, they're concentration camps. Yeah. Like, it's. It's bad. That's that's the thing of, with everything going on. Like, Says the guy with an Apple phone in his pocket, you know? Well, that's <clears throat> here's the other thing, too. So I was talking with my wife the other night about, like, when we're going through all these and we're judging people, yeah. you know, from 200 years ago and the decisions they made living in the world they lived in. So we're judging, you know, people that own slaves and everything like that and saying, Oh, if I were there, I'd never would have, I never would have done that. I never would have done that. Right. But it was in, in defense of them living when they live, not even just their actions, just them living when they live. Yeah. That was something that happened. Like you also used to like shit outside all the time. And like, but I'm like, what is the thing in 200 years that people will look back on this generation and be like, those sons of bitches. Can you believe, can you believe believe what they don't? And then it, it came and I was like, it's our fucking phones. It's yeah. the phones that people are on when they're complaining about, you know, Thomas Jefferson owning slaves or anything like that. They're they're railing against him, but it's you're using a device that was made by people that get paid zero dollars right. and want to kill themselves and they have nets to stop people from jumping out a window. And you don't give a shit. So in two hundred years right. in two hundred years I could totally see people being like, Uh, yeah, wow. Those people it's it's like they remove slavery like one degree. Like I don't own a slave. Yeah. Apple employs people that own that like basically treat them however they want. So if I remove myself, you know, two degrees from it, I'll buy it, of course, right? But if right. I remove myself from it, somehow I'm not uh, complicit in yeah, in the act guy. of human rights violations. Right. I don't. Am I in? Like, I don't know. That's I, a question, though. Are, but that's the thing is we can all agree that owning another human being to do your bidding is Whoa, wrong, right? Speak for yourself. Okay. <laughs> that's a joke. I don't want to, it's own a joke. It's, we don't own I have five kids. Okay. That's, that's his slavery. <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> they're the worst manual labor yeah. I've ever come across. And, I've I, seen I, pictures and I'm of thinking you. about me as a kid. Yeah. Like, ugh. but I mean that, I mean, yes, on the side, that's a part of it as well. But, but, most people don't even think about it. Right. Most people don't think right. about the, I mean, a lot of times too, it's children doing the work, you know, of making yeah. your phones and making your shoes and all this other stuff sure. that they do. I mean, it's not necessarily an open secret, but it's, I find it ironic when we were talking about, uh, just judging people from a different time. Like again, right. I don't think people take into account and it's not that again, you have to like clarify everything like 15,000 times. It's not that you're justifying their actions, but can you have some, just some type of uh, 
not empathy, but it, just it's close to that. There's some it's adjacent. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. I remember there was that was a Dan Carlin hardcore history podcast mm-hmm. where he was talking about you know just like brutal executions in like around Christianity in like the 1500s in Germany. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, now I know all of you will think that, you know, if you were there, you would stop. You would, you know, mm-hmm. object to all of this. But here's the thing. You wouldn't. You'd be in there. You'd be cheering for blood saying, let's go down to the square and see some guys get their heads cut off. Yeah. Cause and, and, and it's like, yeah, because that's what I grew up with. I grew up with people getting their heads cut off. I grew up with uh, people being, you know, beaten to death. I'd been... You know, I grew up in an era where it wasn't shoved in my face 24-7 that the products that I own were made with cheap slave labor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, then you're asking people to have this revolutionary idea and then to decide with their life that this is what this is what I'm going to basically die for. I'm going to make a decision at whatever age I'm at. I'm going to have this belief and I'm going to make it known. I'm going to make it my life's work to change this societal practice, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which is asking a lot of any human being for one person. Right. right? It's like, we, we don't look at Martin Luther King and say like, it was his responsibility to solve racism in this country. Right. <laughs> right. We don't do that. It's right. He is a, a figure in racial equality in America, but it by no means is it his responsibility to fix racism in the world. Like, and it, it would, took a lot of sacrifice for him to do what he did. And he was under immense scrutiny for standing up for it. It's a very rare, hard thing for anybody in any generation ever to, ever, to do. And yeah. so to ask, to ask a majority of people or just to think that you would be that person is really, I think, misguided. Yeah. I, I don't think it's an easy thing to do. And I don't think, I think it's a lot easier for people to believe that they would do it back in you know, 200 yeah, years ago, I would be, I'd be an just, abolitionist like, and I'd be, Nope. You no, nope, probably you wouldn't. Cause it's really fucking hard. And every, it's, it's weird when even, your life's on the line, how much you'd be willing to give up. Right. You're right. It's a, like tangentially just to make an analogy. That's maybe a little easier to palette, but like being famous, like so many people want to be famous, but there are so many people that when they become famous, realize that fame is so much worse than what, it's a weird double-edged sword. It's a huge double-edged sword. And so to get that fame and how you got that fame, because not everyone's like in control of how they got famous, you know? For, That's a thing. Um, so those are things where, you know, you'd be like, oh, if I were famous, I'd be so happy. I would just, I would, I would never do that. It's never the, like, people don't understand that when you're in this world, when you're like, when you're in a famous world or, uh, you know, you're even in the world you're in right now, like you're making things that if you I put you under a microscope, I can scrutinize every little thing you do. Ah, uh, Yeah. Especially now with social I'm gonna, media. I'm going to fall apart under pressure. I'm not going to lie, Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be good. <laughs> you gonna, you're you're not getting waterboarded. <laughs> oh, I'm going to crumble. Yeah. When they start uh, lifting behind the curtain. Yeah. What's going on in my history? Well, get ahead of it. I, that's what I would recommend. Get okay. ahead of it. So. So. Uh, blackface, uh, never did it. Congratulations. I mean, yeah. that's good. The yeah. amount of people that have done it, it's kind of crazy. It's interesting. Like for me, did I tell you, I, I don't remember the story of like, uh, ninth grade having to recall like a historical event. Yeah. Yeah. Did and I you wanted to, 
Yeah. Well, no. So we no, we did. Like, yeah. We, yeah, we did O.J. Simpson, and my buddy, he was O.J. Yeah. And this was Southern Iowa, mm-hmm. all white kids, mm-hmm. and he did it in blackface. And at no point did anybody ever say, "Well, that's a bad idea." Mm-hmm. Um, just because it, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't something, you know. I barely had a concept of who Al Jolson was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I had just because I had a record. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is a this is some weird stuff right here. What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, and I knew that jazz singer was like the first talkie. Talkie. Yeah. So you know, I was a film person. <laughs> So wow, yeah. Talk about you know you're gonna get yourself in some trouble with that lisp there. Uh, well, you know? no, that's that's a condescending tone. Okay, Up, that's an uppity tone. Not. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's not derogatory. It's not derogatory. It's just a it's an uppity tone. It's uppity. So most people with a lisp are uppity. Is that what you're saying? Maybe you're not gonna do well when you get put to the fire. No, you're not. It's gonna. I'm it's gonna, gonna be bad. It's gonna no, be bad. Gonna, it's gonna crumble. It's we'll gonna be bad. Almost thirty episodes of this podcast, <laughs> they're gonna be able to point to. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, what yeah. is the this, 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 and this? Uh-huh. And you have some weird ideas about ladders here too. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but it, it becomes one of those things, though, where you it, it people don't have an empathy, or I know I know there's another word that we just can't think of right now that's mm-hmm. tangential to empathy, but where you're you're not being scrutinized the way that. Uh, you're scrutinizing other people. Right. And it's really easy to do it from a distance yeah. or, you know, to be in a group think of saying like, oh, yeah, whatever you say, I totally agree with. And then just that echo chamber of everyone sure. agreeing. Because I remember, so Louis C.K., when he came into town, he just had, he had a little great joke about, um, it was all after his scandal and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. But he had a great joke about everyone knowing what he was into sexually. And like, kind of how isolating that is in the world. He's yeah. like, I mean, most people like d- most people don't have their sexual like uh, exploits known to the general public. <laughs> right. And he's like, but he, then he did like this funny, like pointing himself, uh, pointing to himself and everything with that. But some people and like, no, like everyone knows about it and how isolating of a world that would be. And I mean, you see, I get to right. my point without right. saying, without de- defending his actions or commenting on his actions. How dare you? But it's an isolating world being famous. Like you're, you're, uh, everything you do is scrutinized, whether it's good or bad and if, anything in between. I mean, yeah, I think it's interesting. I like, I like hearing, I, I like the concept of, you know, money just exaggerates everything uh, about you. So if you're a good person before, I mean, you'd just be a really good person. I mean, you know, if and if you were a shitty asshole, well, that's just going to exist. You don't think money changes you? No, I think money just makes things like pluses your, you know, I, oh. I, I can do whatever 100% I... 100% across the board? Like, you don't think there's room for people that get money and become assholes? I think that there's people who are petty assholes... And then they get money and they become more of a petty asshole hmm. for the most part. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess not having been around a lot of people who didn't have money and then now have money. Mm-hmm. I don't. Well, you, I mean, I, in the, in the way of growing up with it, I think you're right. Like people, you, you isolate yourself. You live in a world that very few people are familiar with. Right. When you grow, when growing up with money, like you can totally become an asshole without, not without realizing it, but 
you're surrounded by other people that already have money and then, then you're just playing a different game versus right. It is it is more rare to find somebody that doesn't have money and then comes into money and then that's your experience with them. Yes. Right? Yeah. Versus right. meeting somebody that's there's had not, money. There's not a lot of rich folk down where I'm from. How about that? <laughs> there's farms. Farmers are farmers can be rich. Um, not a lot. I mean, not a lot. I mean, even though they're owned a lot of property. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it's maybe a little bit more. Maybe like when they sell their kids, maybe. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, no. I mean, they're all. Because you know. I, I mean, I, I now that I'm thinking about it, I agree with your sentiment, sentiment that most people that are good before they have money, yeah, when they get money, maintain some level, some level of Chris Pratt. Sure, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Chris Pratt. <laughs> hey, speaking of, actually, hold on. Now, now I'm got to the show. This actually reminds me because I, segue, I, I did uh-huh. totally forget. We got we. Checked in on our Dwyer Brown situation. Yeah, Chris Pratt's not on Cameo. Chris Pratt is not on Cameo. His career is going too well um, to, to get to Cameo yet. But so I did uh, pay 40 bucks and sent Dwyer Brown a message. And and he got back to us. Can I play it for you? Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Okay. This is the most in-depth uh, research we've done for the ba- or done for the podcast here. Oh, so yeah, Dwyer he got, Brown. He got back to us and... There's a couple things in it that I thought were just real feathers in our cap. And if <laughs> if I could somehow get somebody on that's listening to the podcast just to put in quotes on our Apple podcast review. Yeah. Just Dwyer Brown's quotes. Just, that'd be great. That'd be great. You know, I'm not going to do it. I want it to happen organically. But but this is uh, this is Dwyer Brown getting back to us on uh, on Cameo. If you build it, he will come. Oh, hi. Bobby, Nathan, this is Dwyer Brown. I played John Kinsella in the movie Field of Dreams, but you already know that. Uh, This is probably the most strange and interesting uh, cameo that I've gotten uh, because you're sort of interviewing me. Um, Um. All right, so favorite bar or restaurant went to while we were making the movie? That was the question. Um, well, in the, the first place, in is obviously Dubuque has changed quite a bit. I stayed at a Best Western in Dubuque that is no longer there. He's right. Um, Kevin stayed at the, I think, what is it called? Flying Eagle or Eagle's Ke- Nest? Eagle Ridge, uh, which is the light course that's, I think, just east of uh, Galena um, with his family. Uh, let's see. We went to... A bowling alley, because we actually started uh, a bowling league while we were there. The guys uh, from uh, the coast were, I think, bored while they were in uh, in uh, Dubuque and Dyersville. So anyway, we had the Shoeless Joe Bowling League. We had shirts made that were embroidered. We had fake bowling names. My name was Lou. Um, Great insight. So we hung out there. When we were done there, sometimes we would go over to the dog track, which I don't even know if, if it still exists there, but yeah, I had never seen Greyhounds run, but... Uh, the whole gang of us would go over there and uh, bet our per diem money on the uh, on the dogs. Uh, after that, we would go to whatever bar. I cannot think of one in particular in Dubuque that we went to. It was a completely different place. <laughs> There's so many cool places now with the Hotel Julian and and uh, dogs all those restaurants in the down background. in that little strip. Uh, but when we closed the bars in Iowa, we'd go across the Mississippi uh, to East Dubuque. Uh, you must know it was uh, that little den of iniquity. And uh, Lovely. I, gosh, is that the name of our East Dubuque? There were a bunch of bars show? over there, and we would just bar hop. Yes. You know, Kevin would um, come to 
you know, come with us. And uh, while we were there shooting the movie, Bull Durham came out. So uh, he was, you know, very popular and girls would just kind of surround him. And pretty soon we would all leave and go to another bar. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Diamond Jim sounds like a name I remember, but I'm not sure. Um, Let's see, where else? Uh, well, gosh, I've been to Dyersville uh, lately. I, I, I love the new textile brewery. Um, and, and, you know, I've been to several of those restaurants uh, on the strip down there in, uh, in Dubuque. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I have a question of my own. Bobby, Nathan, you want to have a catch? So, Okay. <laughs> I don't want to say it's the best forty dollars I've ever spent, <laughs> but I totally got my money's worth from this. You got your you got your money's worth. I was expecting thirty seconds, maybe. A and lot of a lot of uh, a lot of inside baseball, little yeah. little things, little mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Well, well worth the the money, <laughs> and I, I think the feathers in the cap are the strangest, most interesting question I've received on cameo. That means we made his right a little bit of his day. How many people have? Viewed him on Cameo. That's the gonna have a whole other Cameo episode here. I can't have two Cameo episodes in a row, guys. They said not to. <laughs> I like how it's like try Christina Milian. Do I want to? Hey, hey, remember Christina Milian from AM to PM? That great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwyer Brown. I just like to think that Dwyer Brown woke up one day and. <laughs> Received this information, and he's like, oh, cameo, another cameo. I got to do another cameo. Yeah. Like, oh, is it what, like a birthday or an anniversary? What, what is it? I don't know. Like, what is it? I got to figure it out. And he's like, oh, wait. Best bar or restaurant while recording Field of Dreams. Huh. 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 All right, buddy. Oh, wait, I'm going to think about this a little bit. Hold, hold yeah. on one second. So I like that we gave him that little bit of uh, just a, a mix re- up in the day. Just a little bit of self-reflection in the morning. Right, because he totally did this. Dwyer Brown has 35 reviews. 35. One of them is ours. Uh, one, did you give him five stars? Of course I gave him five <laughs> stars. That was a five star. If I could give him six, I would. So 34 other people. Hold on, I got to do the math. In America. Got to do the math here real quick. Get 35 times 40. Dwyer Brown has made $1,400 off of Cameo. So I have a... At least. I have a running bit that I want to do. Okay. I, I want to. We can take it in two directions, or we can do. We can do both. But I, I just want your thoughts. Okay. So, basically, I want to spend forty dollars a week sending Dwyer Brown questions until <laughs> he comes on the show. I just and just keep asking him follow up questions based. So we'll ask him another follow up question based on this. I want to know who won the bowling league. <laughs> he also says in this in this video that. Kevin Costner stayed at Eagle Ridge with his family, but then when they go to East Dubuque, all the girls would be all over him. Yeah, that's so. A, was there any infidelity? That's got know? a oh yeah, infidelity. That's a real problem. I mean, and I I don't want to put infidelity necessarily on Costner because I don't know he could have an open relationship with his wife. I mean, she's married to Costner for Christ's sake. Right. So, I mean, I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life in in your own you know house and everything like that, but. I, I have follow-up questions, basically. So I'm wondering if it $40. would be... $40. It's, I, if we keep getting gold like that, it's going to be worth the money, for sure. Right. But I'm just wondering how long How long do you think we'd have to go until Dwyer Brown says, stop, stop. sending me your stop. money? How many, I, 
we can't. I can't. I can't, I can't. in good conscience continue it's been to 10 take 10 weeks in a row. You guys it. have spent me $400. I can't take your money, Bobby. I can't. I just can't. I can't. Yeah. Or maybe he'll just happily take the money and then, like, he'll buy us a beer when he comes to town next time. Because. Mm-hmm. So I want to go down that road. <laughs> okay. I want to be able to just. And that's what rich people do. They just throw their money at <laughs> weird cameos. <laughs> you say, I'm, you, are you saying I'm rich? I'm not rich. But. I have forty dollars to spend a week. You have forty dollars a week, mm-hmm. jeez, Bobby. And I have kids. I had no idea. Oh, I don't have children. I don't I, have dependents. On it. I have, <laughs> I have a dog me, and three cats. That allows me to go with such luxuries as uh, <laughs> sending Dwyer Brown forty bucks. Having so, uh, so with your permission, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna start just sending him. Just, yeah. Uh, what's your over under? Let's so we can make this content into oh, okay. the show. How long before? Dwyer, Dwyer Brown, Brown says, says stop, stop it. Stop. Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. In my mind, it go like nine and a half is like high to me. I think if I set it around that, by the time we get to 10, he's like, guys, stop fucking doing this. I'm going to say four. Four? I'm going to say four. Where it's like a bit. Because I wonder, <laughs> I told him about the show. Yeah. Which uh, again, so when we were first listening, when we were first listening to it, uh, we did the voice of uh, Zordon from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. But in his description, he doesn't do YouTube channels, anything like that. No, no promotions. Oh right. And I was like, oh shit! I hope that's not the case with Dwyer Brown. Nothing. And I'm Dwyer like, Brown's got nothing. He's got nothing holding him back. <laughs> Jeez. So I was like, well, like, cool. We'll send it out. And so when you send it out, like you apparently. They have they have a obligated amount of time to get back to you after they accept it. But the exception, the, the accept, eh, accepting time is all just based on the availability of the person. So like Dwyer Rounds is like two days. Zordon's was like 15 fucking minutes. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Um, no lie. It was like 15 minutes. I'm not going to lie. I still think that like that that was a. Uh... That announcement of somebody encouraging that mm-hmm. somebody transitioned. I think that's a joke. That was a joke. Maybe. I think that was 100% a joke. Maybe. What's more likely to happen? I mean, don't get me wrong. In, in the vast, infinite world that we live in. Yeah, it's definitely what's, possible. What's more What's more likely to happen? Uh, somebody, a group of friends congr- congratulating their friend and transitioning mm-hmm. and congratulating him through the voice of Zordon mm-hmm. uh, from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Or a group of friends being assholes and saying, 15 bucks, I'm going to have the... 25. Oh, no, he was cheap. He was 15. I've, I've looked at it a lot. It's 25. But anyway, uh, anyhow, it doesn't matter. Really? Yeah. Saying, that's 25 bucks. I can definitely say, hey, let's make shit out of Frank here and mm-hmm. say that he's transitioning and have the Power Rangers guy say it. Both both are very... Both are possible. No doubt. Um both are more equally possible now so more than ever, <laughs> though. Um, so, so, okay, so there's that avenue okay. of exploring cameo. This is just going to be a thing like Celebrity Net Worth and Ex- on our show that we're just going to have. Exploring cameo. Exploring cameo. So the other thing is. Yes. I was searching for, I, I think the $40 price point was perfect. Yes. Uh, yeah. For reasonable expectations. Like, I got $40 from yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'm, was it the the dude, the sound guy from the office, and the guy from Silicon Valley? Oh yeah, yeah. That you sent over yeah. for like three hundred dollars. Was he three hundred dollars? Yeah. Or, well, in Kevin Dillon for sure. Kevin was Dillon. Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon. He was a lot. He was three hundred dollars for sure. 
Um, and if Kevin Dillon sent me that after I sent him three hundred dollars, I'd be fucking pissed with lawnmowers in the right. back and just yeah, big Johnny drama. That would be upsetting to me. But I found four other people on Cameo that we're going to throw it out to the audience. We'll put up a Twitter poll. Okay. And we'll see how our Twitter followers respond to our Twitter poll. Okay. So we're going to do four, these four people, and we're going to ask them the question that you and I have yet to talk about on this podcast. (laughs) So when we do an interview and when we meet people, one of the things that Nathan and I really like to do is ask, what is your greatest love? Just like right away. Early, like you don't even know. I don't. I know nothing about these people. I know nothing about. I barely know your name. Yeah. I have to ask your name again. So, what is your greatest love? Just really, I you know, I I don't like small talk. I'm all. I'm. I'm about. Let's get right down to. I want to get the brass tags. Yes. I want to get to the emotional core of who you are. Mm -hmm. What is your greatest love? And to watch people (laughs) process that question, because they they look at and they're like, is that a are you fucking with me? But also then what is my greatest love? What is my you greatest see love? People. And again, much like I hope that little bit of joy brought Dwyer Brown saying like, Oh yeah, I've never really thought about what my greatest love is. Just, what, what is that? And then most people, right? Most people yeah. give an answer. What is my greatest love? I don't Who know. Who said sleep? Someone said sleep. I think maybe my wife. Yeah. I don't uh, know. But so Ooh. these, uh, I mean, it's a great one. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, a great answer. I don't know. I don't, I don't What's your I, greatest love? I don't think I've got one. I d- wow. did, did I say one? You should have said your wife, but uh, you that. fucked up that one. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. So for our listeners here, these are the four people that I found Kay. that we can, well, we'll pay for it and we'll ask them what is their greatest love. All right. So the first one is Mark Summers. Tremendous value. Who's Mark Summers? Mark Summers, the host of Family Double Dare. And, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, not good eats. Unwrapped. Unwrapped. Yes. yes, Mark Summers, Doug Benson, who's a uh, comedian. He did Super High Me, he, where he smoked weed. Oh, for that 30 guy. Days yeah, and didn't smoke weed for thirty days. Yeah. Um, interesting. I would like to see what his greatest love is. Probably weed. Um, <laughs> Danny Bonaducci from the Partridge Family. Mm. I bet his is like something like the universe. Yeah. Because it's you know I'm throwing so much love out there and it's throwing it right back at me. Gotcha. I th- imagine that's what Danny Body do. Do you remember says. his uh, reality show that he had in the early 2000s? Absolutely not. No. No. It was it was a wonderful train wreck. It was really fun to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was good. The that heyday of early reality television show before you realized how much it was ruining society. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is really good to watch, and then you're like, oh fuck, I really wish this didn't exist. Anyway, yeah. Last okay. person, Chris Hansen. Mm. From uh, To Catch a Predator, yeah, I believe. Yeah. There's some weird drama going on with him in YouTube, by the way. What do you mean? Uh, like, he's, like, he's, uh, there's some problems about, like, him going after, like, YouTubers who may or may not be. Like, stalking them, or? Yeah, well, like, he's gotten a, he's tried to. Is he gone full vil, vil, yeah, vil, yeah. vigilante? Jesus. Yeah, I. No, not quite close, because he's not backed by NBC anymore. That's where all his power was. He could do that because he was backed by NBC. If he's just doing it by himself, that's a problem. But then, like, on the first episode of the second season of Amazon Prime's The Boys, mm-hmm. he makes a little appearance there. I'm like, oh, I thought uh, Chris Hansen was on the outs, but here he is uh, hmm. on... Well, he's this- on Cameo, so... And he's all, I want to say he was pretty reasonable. 
All within forty dollars. Forty, <laughs> fifty dollars, I think, were the with was, all your limit, all your yeah. range that you were it going. It took a long time to find three, find four, suite. yeah, categories. Do you have a person that you would like to hear no. their greatest love? No, on you, that one? you kind of, you kind of, pre- you know, try to prime that pump and, uh, no, I mean Mia Hamm's one hundred and thirty. So. No, 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 of the people I just mentioned. Oh, of the ones. Do you, you have a, you have a preference? <sighs> Because I, I think you're right about like Danny Bonaducci and I think Doug Benson. I think their answers might be pretty canned. Yeah. I kind of want to hear what Mark Summers' greatest love is. Yeah. Maybe Mark. I mean, maybe maybe Chris Hansen just because he's got just such a great voice. And yeah. I feel like he might. He might. Surprise you. He might bring it. Yeah. As in like just like emotionally and. Yeah. Uh, Performance wise, right. I feel like he might be bringing it a little bit more than Danny Bonaduce. Right. I just, I've got a feeling. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. That's a, is that a Partridge Family song? I uh, know. Yeah. No, that's not. What was one of their songs? I think. No, there, there was a. Come on, get happy was. Come on, get happy was their big. I'm trying to think of that line. Listen, but anyway, doesn't anyhow, matter. it doesn't matter because I've never seen a single fucking episode of the Partridge family. I've seen episodes ever. Yeah. Ever. Do you not like Danny Bonaduce because he's redheaded? Um, no. Did he set like, your people back along? He a set while? my people back. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just remember like him like on Bob and Tom or or maybe just like some other Bob and Tom adjacent, maybe Man Cow. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't remember. I just just it's like entirely. It's just possible. like man, there's just too much Danny Bonaduce. But he <laughs> also might surprise you, and then actually, because here's the thing about Dwyer Brown, and I know <laughs> here's the thing about it though. When I opened that up, when I got the email that like he got back, I'm like, okay, let's see how shitty this is. <laughs> Like how much are you phoning this? Well, don't in? tell him that. No, I'm not. No, don't I'm just tell him like your those, low expectations. My low, my look. I had low expectations and for good reason. Just, I'm a dreamer. I think everybody's gonna knock it out of the but park. But my God, did he bring it? And yeah. I, it was, it was so uplifting to watch him bring it that that's what sparked everything else. That's what sparked all the other. Like, oh well, let's see who else could bring it. So Danny Bonaduce. <laughs> It could be 15 minutes later and I got a like a 15 minute Danny Bonaduce cameo about his greatest love. Like just because we hit him in the just right hit way. Him at the right time. Yeah. I, I was really down today. I was really down this morning. And yeah. then, I saw then you asked what my greatest love And was. I really made me do some really a lot of self-reflection. And I always about, thought about the universe. And it's like, you know, I think about, you know, my greatest love. And I just started focusing on that word love. And it just rung around in my head for yeah. a solid three hours. I was just meditating on it. And I, and I could really feel reverberate inside the universe. And that's when I realized that the universe is love. And love is the universe. Yeah. And it was really, ver- so that's it. The so greatest, it that's the greatest love that you can have is, is, is the universe. And the mm-hmm. universe is, is going to ring back in. It's going to be echoes. And it's going to be reflections. And it's going to be reverberations. And then you got to let that into your soul. Could be, could very well be that, so, or it could be like deadlifting, you know. <laughs> I like deadlifting. <laughs> I have no idea what Danny Bonaduce sounds like, by the way. Just FYI, sounds like every other redheaded person out there. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's a joke. Oh. It's a joke. Because I'm belittling your people. <laughs> my people, let my people go. <laughs> <laughs> No. Is that Charleston Heston? That's my Charleston Heston. Yeah. 
So anyway, so you would, uh, you Chris Hansen or Mark Mark Summers would be your preference. I like the idea of Mark Summers. Also, I think he'd be an interesting. I, once again, I imagine him being incredibly sincere. Uh, that's, that's the thing about Mark uh, Summers, where I'm like, I bet he's sincere. Doug Benson would be an easy one for him to say weed. I think, but like, also he's a comedian, so right. I would hope he wouldn't go for that low hanging fruit. I'd hope he'd just go weed. Thanks for the forty bucks. <laughs> See ya. Click. <laughs> That would actually be good. That'd be really good. Actually, that's it. That'd be good. Weed. You. Click. Oh, do you want me to expound on that? Another forty dollars, asshole. Yep. Which is what we're gonna, we're gonna do that with Dwyer Brown. Dwyer is like, oh, you guys, you guys, you need. Don't you have families to feed? What is going on here? No, only half oh, of our podcast God. has a family that they need to oh, feed. Oh no! Well, just... my wife has a job. I got a job, and you know. oh, you got you got jobs. Yeah, podcast. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh. So those are the those are the two directions I think we're gonna go with it, and we'll put it out. We'll see what people say about the one of the four that we just put out. But I'll I, I will send Dwyer Brown. I can't send Dwyer Brown the What Is Your Greatest Love. It's too out of left field. No pun intended. <sighs> yeah, no, we're we gotta we're building a relationship with Dwyer Brown. Correct. We gotta ask about you know what wh- where was the bowling league who won the bowling who, league did james well, earl jones play in the bowling league that's a good question right my, yeah my question is which bowling alley was it cuz we're losing we're losing bowling alleys left and right here in dubuque right and does he want to open a bowling alley with us i don't know if he's financially <laughs> willing to do willing that to do that <laughs> uh, let's send him 400 dollars over the course of 10 weeks <laughs> They really build up a rapport. I always find when you give somebody money over over ten weeks, <laughs> they, that's they really I, build up a friendship and yeah. a, a more of a relationship than if you just send them, uh, you know, questions randomly. And the next thing, you, the next thing you know, they want to buy a bowling alley with you. That's uh. And then we have this really fun thing we can talk about in ten years. And be like, remember when you just you were just <laughs> listening to some assholes from a podcast? Yeah, <laughs> just you guys sent me four hundred dollars yeah. to answer some stupid ass questions right. and uh i was really needing that money and i really appreciate it because <laughs> that was really a hard time for me every time i came out i was like those motherfuckers they did it again they did it again and part of the reason why i want to do that bit is just <laughs> it's not trolling dwyer brown i don't want to troll <laughs> dwyer brown i don't i just want to put uh i just want to put this fantastical world in his brain of like yeah these two people from fucking what is going, what why is do they going keep on doing this? See, what I want is I want all of our listeners to go hire Dwyer Brown and ask him what his greatest love is. I want him to have like that's a great call to action. That's a great <laughs> call. Great to action. Co- I want twenty people to spend forty bucks on yeah. Dwyer Brown, please. You know he needs it. But, yeah, don't don't send well, don't us money. That. Don't send us money. Send Dwyer Brown money. Send Dwyer Brown money, and then and, maybe some to poor again, kids in Africa. <laughs> may, well, I'm sure he's a charitable man. Um, but if, if 20 people sent Dwyer Brown the same, what is your greatest love in the single, in the same day, just, <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, just see like, like, what the fuck is honey? Going they on? keep doing it. They what keep sending shit to us. <laughs> why, why is going on? Check the Twitter. Yeah. Check the Twitter. See what's going on. Is something going on? <laughs> Did they re-release field? Of, what, what, what is going, going on? on? Yeah. Is everybody getting asked what their greatest love is? Just me? Just me. God. Why are people asking me what my greatest love is? Just me and Danny Bonaducci. Yeah, just me. What the shit? 
What's going on? Sonny, we got, we, got a, we got a real fun thing. Well, of course they have their numbers. Yeah. Danny Bonnie Danny Ducci, Bonnie Ducci and Dwyer Boy Brown Bonnie. get together. Yeah. You know, they're in a bowling league together. Actually, I take the back. They're probably in a golf league together. That'd be a question <laughs> we'll have to ask Dwyer Brown. One Do you and, are you and Danny Bonaducci in any kind of, uh, you know, recreational sports leagues together? Mm-hmm. Or have been in the past. <laughs> or have been in the past. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think that's a good running bit. I think we can totally have that happen. We'll it. keep everyone posted because I know everyone loved our cameo talk last week or, or two <laughs> weeks ago. So Everybody's like, man, this cameo, I'm into it. I loved how you guys talked and looked at the internet. And <laughs> I bet that's, that's every episode. They're like, man, I like it when people talk and they look at the internet and they just talk about what they saw on the internet. It's really fun stories. A- Speaking of, do you have people <laughs> in your life that just... <laughs> Fucking tell stories that have no beginning, middle, or end? No, I don't. You don't? And I'm happy I don't. Oh, shit. I was reflecting on that question. I was just like, that is not, that's not something, you know. I seem to be surrounded by people that just have a story that goes nowhere. And I'm like, well, I, what part should I be interested in? Right. Which part was the exci- interesting part? Because you skipped over it, I think. Yeah. And I love, <laughs> one my one pet peeve I have is telling me stories about people I don't fucking know. I don't understand it. It's kind of go. It's kind of tied into like showing people a show <laughs> while I'm in their presence. Yeah. Like this is not. This never works. This no. never works. No. But well. it it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, but if I'm telling you a story about people you don't know, yeah. How vested are you as a listener? Is now, it just me selfishly wanting to tell Now here's the thing about Bruce that you don't know. Bruce is a bit of a cad. You know. A real card, so you gotta, you yeah. know, you gotta think think about that when I tell him that tell you that he ate most of the pickle dip that afternoon. Yeah, that son of a bitch. And uh, and then we went and we opened presents for it because it was Janice's uh, baby shower at the office. Yeah, and, and she was six months pregnant. She was six months pregnant. Her husband, she, she, he worked at General Electric for a while, mm-hmm. but he doesn't anymore. Yeah. Now he works for Wells Fargo. And he worked with this guy Bill, and Bill was a real character. Like, yeah. But speaking of pickle juice, yeah. So Bill and uh, Bill, he it's shit like that. Well, I'm shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. I think that bit could have gone on for a little bit longer, but <laughs> no, I, I can hear it, and I can hear the the people that's, listening already. That's ridiculous. That's it's, no, I hate that. I can't imagine. In I know we kind of talked about it on the podcast too of sending off vibes of like, okay, I'm gonna politely say like, fuck off. Like I'm gonna yeah. politely just give off the vibes of. Yeah, I really don't care. Like, I'm, I don't want yeah. to talk about this. You do that often. Thank you. With me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to. <laughs> but that they don't catch. They don't. They don't pick up on it. At least you pick up on it. Mm. I just, I just blatantly ignore it, though. That's my big thing. It's just like, I think Bobby. Wait until he gets get to this good part mm-hmm. about how Bill, like, he met a guy who worked at both Wells Fargo and GE, mm-hmm. uh, but not at the same time that he did. They kind of flip flopped. They kind of two ships passing in the night. Anyway, he's the one who fucked his wife. <laughs> and that's, but that that defeats the purpose because now the story got interesting. Now, now I care. And, and maybe were, that's it. Maybe if you throw in fucking wives more, you know, you're just throwing that out of nowhere. And he was a real cuckold. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Bill? This Bill guy? I don't know. Right. Okay. Wait. Hold well, on. No, back Hold it on. up. Back it up. Back it up. I have okay. no. Whose baby shower was it? Right. Exactly. Now, <laughs> now whose kid is it? Yeah. Is it the cuckold or is it the. Yeah. 
Maybe that's it. Maybe you just need more sexual ex- uh, sexual exploits in your life and everything. And then uh, you can... Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, though. No, just in the general storytelling, oh. not necessarily. Either. General storytelling. Yeah. Just sexual escapades. Yeah. Or just, you know, ex- exciting, exciting things that happen. You know, yeah. sexual exploits are generally exciting. But yeah. if you... Uh, if you pepper that in there, like, yeah, so this this uh, this parent called me the other day and blah, 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 was doing this and this and then blah, 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 and then they fucked the babysitter. It's like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let's just start with that. It's, how did that get there? Because I don't care about anything else other than that. Yeah. So. My wife, she also works in the school and, mm-hmm. you know, tell me rough stories of things and people and how people have slighted her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a lot of nodding. It's like, yep. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm sure she does the same thing. Well, you yeah. know, with hey, here's a bunch of people I work with. I can't believe so and so did this, and I was doing this today. I was doing that, but I actually ask her what her day is. So, but that's that's the thing though. I think the the spousal stories you need you need someone to vent to, and that's yes. kind of that's part of being in a relationship. Like you kind of take on the I'm the wall you're going to talk at, and I'm going to feign interest and be like oh yeah uh uh-huh or i can't believe she did that i think that's well within the vows of of any marriage (laughs) it's the people where again like at a bar or something like that where they start telling me a fucking story oh my god like dude you gotta stop i I, gotta stop at no point am i gonna when did that happen did that happen recently i feel like did that happen recently with us i can't remember we're just drunk. I wants to start talking about. Oh yeah, fucking God knows what. Mm-hmm. It's like no, well, yeah. I don't care. Why would you? Why would you start telling me this? Oh uh, we yeah yeah it was uh, that drunk lady at. Oh my God, that's it. Yeah, dr- yeah, drunk white woman. Yeah, it's just like you can. I, at no point do I care what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not actively telling you this, but I am not making eye contact with you, mm-hmm. ignoring you as best as I can. As you lean up on my shit. Yeah. Fucking go away. Equipment, not penises. My, yes. Yeah. yeah. N- not up on my business. On the business, no. It was yeah. on expensive video I'm equipment. Just sitting there, like, putting her, like, hand on my camera. Like, what are you doing? As, like, an armrest. It wasn't just. Right. That's what it was. Right. Like. It's like, what are you doing? That's what I'm talking about with, like, playing shows and everything, playing music shows and stuff. Like, you're dealing with multiple women or like just people like that. Yeah. I'm not going to just put it all on women, but like that's majority of the fact of the yeah. women, but, um, but that person that walks in and it's like, never acknowledge you as wanting to talk to you yeah. at all. And you won't leave me alone. You're going to make it really fucking weird and awkward. It's just, it's rough. It's very rough. Yeah. And start telling you things that again, you didn't ask for, you don't care. To <laughs> right, hear. Right. And I don't know how else other than to be a dick. Be like, I don't like, I don't need you around. Fucking yeah. leave, you know? I remember one time when I was working for Channel 2 and I was out shooting video for something, you know, and here I am. I've got my big camera and I'm recording stuff, getting my B-roll. Mm-hmm. And person walks up. Hey, what are you doing? Like, you know, oh, we're doing a story on this and that and the other yeah. thing. Oh, you know what the real story is? The real story is how Gary over here has been painting his fence brown and he hasn't been doing the upkeep on it. And I've called the city several times and they've never answered. It's like, uh, I, no. Again, do you need to know what a story is? Yeah. Like, I, no, stop. I do. I do think everyone. This needs is a ref- what the real story is. Yeah. Everyone needs a refresher on what a good story is. A story has a beginning, middle and end with like events that happen that 
create other events happening where, you know, this happens, then this happens. And because of that, then this This happens, happens. you know, that kind of thing where I I love watching movies with my wife. But again, she'll (laughs) most of the time we were rewatching Jurassic Park. Uh, I came home there and she was watching it and just questioning, like, why would they why would they do that? Why? Why would you do that? And like, it's because if they didn't, it's the most boring ass movie about dinosaurs. Like, (laughs) right. Because. They, if they don't do those things, then they don't put themselves in the predicament where they need to get out of it. Like, if they did everything right, it'd be the most boring fucking movie in the world. And not everything can be John Wick, you know? Right. My dad, he wanted to have a movie. It was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, charging the front lines in a battle. Mm-hmm. And just slow motion, guns are going off, explosions. And then he just catches a bullet right in the head, and that's... <laughs> In either like credits roll and or the rest of the time he's just in a coma, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, it's like well, it would be a very different movie. Well, and I do think I because I do I tell it to her all the time. I was like, I want you to write a movie where they do everything right. I want you to write them because I do think it'd be interesting. I yeah. think it'd be write the most boring movie where everything they do is the right thing they should have done. Right, and you're and you're like, oh, well, we got out of that situation. <laughs> yeah, you want to grab a bite to eat. And then they go, you know, like there's because there's it. nothing else to do because right. you got out of the situation. It's like every Real scene slice is life. It's right, slice yeah, of life. Every scene is the end of a movie, basically. Yeah, for me, I I'm because I love movies where like people get paint paint themselves into bad decisions mm-hmm. and are forced to make bad decisions. Like I love how that happens. You know, when you get a bear cornered and you know they have to, the only decision that they can make is bad decisions. And yeah, and and that's I, what I like. And I see what you're saying, but I think it also, it kind of beats itself. Cause I do understand what like my wife is saying where it's, you're, you're doing why things. Would do why would you do that? You wouldn't actually do that. Cause probably there are situations where you could maybe creatively think a little differently writing wise Yeah, where you can get them to that point differently. I know one of the critiques of Jurassic park was with, uh, uh, the guy that's the Raptor, um, yeah, uh, the raptor yeah. expert. Expert. Why yeah. didn't he put a full clip in? Why did he just put one bullet in? It's like because he's gonna die. That's why. Because it's uh, it's mean, not worth yeah. it's not worth the time to show him loading a gun because right. he's going to die in the next five minutes. But you know, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Can we talk um, about how much I hate when the excessive amounts of uh, cocking shotguns are like just ratcheting shells and shotguns? You don't like it? No, it's just like. Gus Johnson made a great video about it not too long ago. Mm-hmm. It was just like literally every two seconds, you know, I'm just going to say this for, you know, I'm going to accent oh. my line here. Yeah. And that's what you got to get off my property. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's an effective. Oh, so you didn't have a, you didn't have a bullet loaded before. It, and then now you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then literally two seconds later. But most people don't know that though. Most people don't know that cocking the shotgun loads the bullet. They really don't. It's like I don't. What are you? What are you doing? I mean, I'm not saying I'm an avid gun owner because mm-hmm. I'm not, but I understand how guns work. I don't think a lot of people understand how guns work. It's that's one of the things with gun ownership or gun rights. Like most people haven't shot a gun. Most people, at least in America, haven't shot a gun. Right. Um, when you do, it's really fun, and even like the staunch. You know, get rid right. of all guns, kind of people. You shoot a gun, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can kind of see how that'd be fun. 
Yeah, and, and being scared of what you don't understand is that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I don't understand. Like, take I mean I I mean I I probably should go down to a range sometime with my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she'd really love to do that. I mean I love the idea of going to a range, but yeah, I just never have. That's a fun date night. Yeah, take her, take her down to. Oh, it's down at, down on Central, whatever that place is. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. an indoor shooting range. Yeah, yeah. I just man, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I was fortunate enough to grow up with my grandpa and growing up and like going up on the farm and everything like that. I mean, guns were a part of. Yeah, he's a hunter. I only went hunting with him once. Um, no, I'm not a huge hunter, um, but the shooting guns and stuff like that was always something you could go do if you wanted to under the right supervision and stuff like that. And always valued the fact that we were able to do that. And it, there wasn't the, I I wasn't scared of guns. Let's just put it that way. You know? Yeah. I, we didn't have guns really. No, like we had a, a, an old musket. Like so my, you did have guns. Yeah, my dad like he had like that's a gun, like a black powder musket that he got at a rendezvous, mm-hmm. like a fur trader rendezvous that he thought he'd. That's where you would get it. Yeah. yeah, and then we also had a, like a single shot twenty-two rifle. So you did have guns. You just described two guns. Two guns. That you had, that you said guns. You that's have, the yeah. bare minimum. Uh-huh. But they weren't like you know we're, we weren't gun people. And you know those two things, they were just uh, they were just around. My grandma never shot, really. So, <laughs> my grandma had a she. I forget what the caliber pistol it was, but she had a special. It was a forty-five. She had a, she had an oven mitt in one of her drawers where she kept a a gun, and her rationale behind that was if they ever got uh, like kidnapped or if someone like took over the house and everything like that. Like yeah. people would come over and they would like hold them hostage for some fucking reason that at some point they would get hungry and they would need her to make food. So she would go and make food. <laughs> so then she would reach into the oven mitt and be able to shoot them with the gun that was in the oven mitt. And my uncle who was married, uh, my aunt. So their daughter, um, he, he was a musician and he wrote a he wrote a country song about how his mother in law has a has a uh, oven mitt or a gun in the oven mitt. Oh, yeah, geez. but it was always it was also one of those things like who's who's coming after you, Grandma? This is like, a, this is a weird line yeah. of thought. But it's great get, imagery though. How about I just make you up some bacon and eggs? Here. Exactly. I'll just come over. I'm gonna need that's this not how my oven mitt. Yeah. <laughs> boom, 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 <laughs> and you're done. That's right. You're yeah. out of yeah. She was now a chain smoker being, and drank Coca Cola. Now your bacon's it. fried. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that was always uh, that was always something I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess it's not wrong. I mean, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be taken um, hostage, but right in your own home. It's kind of weird. But home I guess yeah, if that makes fantasy. you feel better, Grandma. How about it? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. That's super weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm only like shot like a handgun. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Did we do that one time? Yeah, we did one time with, like, just over Thanksgiving at my brother's place, and we had like a, like he had took out his twelve gauge too, and it like, and it was, his neighbor came over and just holler cussing and screaming because he we were spooking his cattle too much and it was icy out and it was gonna, you get oh, it. That's reasonable. Well, it was like you told me you're shooting guns. You're 
Tell me you're not unloaded at 12 gauge. Just sitting there like hooting and hollering. It was hilarious. But, yeah, I think we had like a handgun maybe, I think, at that time. I don't remember. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever shot a... I've shot a revolver. Yeah, before. I, I've never shot a revolver. But but we used to do... We used to have these family reunions that we'd go to and, and do. And it'd be on like a... Uh, golf course shooting range lodge area kind of thing yeah and uh so we'd have like stations basically like everyone in the family reunion would go out and like little clusters and stuff and we do the shooting range and stuff oh again a lot of people that very scared of guns don't know how to handle guns don't like the idea of guns but then when you go out in this very controlled environment with supervision and it's more recreational then yeah really learn to enjoy it and yeah because it is, it's really fun. I mean, I mean, just a number of stories of people being like, "Yeah, I don't really want to do that," and then they do it, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. We can keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's fun." Do you like roller coasters? Not necessarily. No. Okay. Why not? Um, it's it's not that I won't go on them. It's okay. that I don't need to go on them. Your life's a thrill a minute as it is. Is that what I'm saying? <laughs> I've experienced <laughs> enough roller coasters where I don't know, like, I, I don't know what would get me to go on a roller coaster again. How about that? Oh, whoa. They're like, this one has 15 loops. I'm like, cool. I did one with four loops on it before, and I can imagine what it was if there was another 11, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Huh. What about you? Hey, I love roller coasters. I love, yeah. What makes one roller coaster better than the other or different or a reason to go on it? I mean, just because, I mean, I think they're all, I mean, I'd write anything, really. Yeah. It's not like, ooh, you know, this one's got. I feel like roller coasters are like drugs. Like, there are certain drugs where it's a time and a place, and I'm really happy with the amount of drugs I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Ayahuasca. You know, ayahuasca <laughs> has never been a drug I did, but I've done, I've gotten really close. Um but the, the desire to do the drugs in the same way, maybe based on the experience, mm-hmm. you know, I've had that experience. Yeah. I don't understand what else, what other experience I would have that would make yeah. doing the drug worth it, basically. Yeah. Uh, think, I mean, I'm talking like hallucinogenics and everything like that. Yeah. Not like weed or anything. Sure. Uh, I don't, yeah, I think roller coasters are just like, uh, they're fun. I mean, they're just, uh, you know, you're fast moving and, you know, getting thrown around. I like, I mean, I enjoy that. And just uh, mm-hmm. that little bit of panic, just that little bit. I'd spend the money and go to the shooting range and try to hit BBs and hit the star out of a little piece of paper. That's impossible, and you know it. I got really close a couple of years ago. It's impossible, and you know you can't. Oh. It's not possible. Got really. I actually impressed a carny the, uh, oh. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Really impressed a carny. You want to hear that story? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now make it a story. It should uh-huh. have a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> Now you got me intrigued. I impressed the carny. Yeah, exactly. See, I got you the first. It's not even a bait and switch. It's just bait you. You know. Yeah. Ooh. So we were we were at the uh, uh, Des Moines or with the Iowa State the Fair. The Iowa State Fair, gorgeous, right. wonderful, gorgeous, right? So we were there all day. We we're going to see the band Slipknot at the end of the night uh, from Des Moines. The exciting. Wonderful time. Hometown boys. Hometown boys. Hometown Come crowd. On. It was great. So we were. This isn't really that good of a story, but. <laughs> So you're just strolling around the midway. Strolling around, you, you, we went to I, we went to the shooting range three different times throughout the day. So every oh. time would be again, same oh, carny. I got that fucking close. Yeah, exactly. Same same carny, and I was like, oh, I got so close. All right, another round. Did he bait you? Another round. Did he bait you? No, I was baiting myself. I was doing it all myself. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is like, it. 
Oh, come on now. I think you can probably get it this time. Come on back here. No, no, no. It was all me just being like, fuck it. Nope. It's my gambling addiction, basically. Oh, yeah. Taking over. Oh, oh, I can see that. And I'm like, nope, nope. I almost got it. Another round. Another round. Another round. So we did that two different times and then the third time throughout the day. (laughs) We come back after time and be like, eh, what's up? You're just sitting there looking at the butter cow. I could have gotten that fucking thing down. It was the big stuffed animals. Big stuffed animals. Which, again, are are ridiculous to walk around with. What are you going to do with it? Going to take it home and just, like, shove it in a closet? Come on. Wait for the end of the story here. Oh, jeez. All right. So we go for the last round again. We got to, the line for Slipknot is fucking massive, and we have to stand in it to get into the place and everything like that. So we're like, okay, well, um, we have time for a couple more. Let's let's do it. Let's let's do let's, let's go back knock. to this. Let's get this. I'm gonna. Knock. I really feel good about this one here. Again, more money down the drain. <laughs> but the last <laughs> the last one, he he picks it up, and again, they're so used to it not being anywhere close. They just pick mm-hmm. it up and look at it. But he did like a double tick. He's like. Oh, he almost had it there. Almost had it. And he's like, you want to keep it? I was like, no, fuck. Like, and so we had to leave. But uh, on the way there, on the way to the show, we ended up stopping at, you know, like uh, we had to throw the ball into, what is it? The butter churning? Uh, that's, that's a milk canister. Milk, can, yeah, milk yeah. canister. So there were big animals, big stuffed animals yeah. available for that as well. So I'm like, oh, all right, we'll give it a shot. Yeah. One take. One try, I got that, and we won this giant fucking dog Ugh. that I had to like stand in line at Slipknot, <laughs> like all the way through, and then you know just all these metalheads hanging around and just like got this giant big fucking dog. <laughs> you guys like Slipknot? He was like Slipknot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're big fans too. <laughs> and then <laughs> had the dog like sitting next to us in the in the show and everything like that. So. Kept it through. Kept it all the yeah. way through. Yeah. It was. Uh... That's funny. My only real carny story is got rained out in high school uh, baseball game. And I was heading back home. And then I see on the side of the road this fucking group of people. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Mm-hmm. And it was all the carnies who were going to the to the uh, Creston Fourth of July celebration, all the carnies from there, mm-hmm. and they had to leave. They were kicked out because the governor was stopping by, so they were told to leave. Can't have these carny. You folk can't around. have all these carny folk. And you, uh, okay, so they gave them the afternoon off, and they decided to go fishing mm-hmm. uh, at the lake nearby, and uh, ran out of gas. So they're it's wa- like a bad setup for a joke. <laughs> so they're walking down the road with fucking like. Pop bottles and of shit. gas. No, I'm just oh. empty, em- empty shit. And I'm like, and I drive past them, and it was literally like it was a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, there was four dudes in the front. In the well, that when I later, mm-hmm. you know, there's four guys in the cab, and literally like eight to ten people in the bed of the truck. Were like, they taking the canisters to fill up with gas? So they were walking back to town mm-hmm. to go get gas. And I walk, I drove past them like, well, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And me being naive, sixteen-year-old me, just picked up turned, twenty hitch or twenty. I just turned right back and I'm like, "Okay, what? <laughs> you guys ran out of gas or something?" Yeah, man, we did. He's like, I'm "Like, all right, yeah, let's go. Come on, hop in. I'm in my, <laughs> I'm in my minivan. Yeah, I'll take like three or four of you guys. Come on, go ahead." <laughs> and we never saw Nathan again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, went and got gas. Like, oh man, 
thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. We had a lot of people drive past and this, you know, we're a bunch of sketchy looking dudes. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not, not wrong. You're not wrong. Dude. <laughs> you're not wrong. When take took him get they got the gas and took him back. They're like, hey, you know what? You and your friends, if you want to come ride rides, come over. You guys can do it. Yeah, man. But it's like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And then we go over there and it's like, well, I didn't get like a fucking special handshake <laughs> or like know anybody's fucking name at all. So it's just just me walking around the midway like a jackass. Like, like uh, I gave like four guys a ride uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah. I was like, is that the guy? Is that the sketchy guy? No, that's another sketchy guy. No, they all look the same. They all look the same. It was funny. I told, I was telling that story like at school, like not at school, but like uh, on the bus to go to the next uh, baseball game mm-hmm. with the softball. And softball girl's like, I saw them and I totally freaked out and I just couldn't, I just kept my eyes straight and just drove right past. I'm like, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> no, that, no, that's safe. Pretty that's... girl like you. Yeah. That's a pretty safe, uh, but just the idea of just Do you filling think... up the fucking bottles with gas. And that's what they did. It was awesome. The first time I was ever sent to get gas, uh, my mom sent me with a milk jug Ooh. to go get gas Ooh. by myself. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> just, I never operated a gas pump before in my life and, <laughs> and just like, I guess, I don't know. And exploded yeah. gas went everywhere. Oh, yeah. The attendant came. I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I getting gas. I don't know. And they're like, <laughs> we have containers that you can put it in. I'm like, okay, this is first for me. So I'm like, fine. But back to carnies though. Do you yeah. apply to be a carny? Like, how do you? Is how that? Does, a, yeah. How does one become a carny? I don't know. I know the life choices that lead up to it. You've got a rough idea. I don't know. Like as far as that, and we're just... not disparaging it. Being a being a carny is much like living in a trailer for me. Like there's a certain there's a certain waywardness that I kind of enjoy about. I'm a being... big fan of nomadic lifestyles. Yeah, and I like that your your give a shitter is broken, so you can you don't care. You don't care. I well, that's just well, that's life decisions. When you get knocked that's down, right. yeah, you gotta you just gotta let that shit go. I think it's interesting. But there I, has to be a piece to that. There has right. to be a piece. Right. And just like, I'm sure after like two months, three months of just getting shit on, like, I bet it like, and people, you know, treat you like shit. You know, you want to talk about like the worst experiences as far as like but, customer service. But I don't think, I don't think carnies get shit on in person. A lot of people are having fun at a carnival. You think so until you pay too much and you don't, you're not happy with your experience. The other thing too with carnies is that the retention of the carny seems to be high. Like they, they, they seem, buy in. They, yeah, they, you're, there's not a lot of turnover. It seems like, I mean, I'm sure there is turnover, I but think there's some, but the, the longevity of the occupation seems right. like I'm, I'm a carny, been a carny for 25 years. It's like, okay, like, Right. You must have found some kind of piece. You must have found some type of... <laughs> Something I just can't understand. Yeah. Um, but I want to know more. Right. I don't know. Has there been a good documentary made about carnies? That's a great question. Is there a good carny movie like Let's that? Let's look it up. Like that really explores the life of a carny? Because uh, I'd watch it. You'd watch a good carny documentary? Uh, if only if it's the same guy who made uh, Florida Man. <laughs> Funny enough, a lot of those guys were carnies. <laughs> I was a carny just going around the panhandle for 30 plus years. And I decided, to, you know, I got to get down to Miami. Well, that's the other thing, too. It's it's very uh, seasonal work or it seems nomadic, I think. Is what it's nomadic. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So. That's the thing about me. I, I love a good nomad, you know, between the Plains Indians, the, the Gauchos of Brazil, all of them. Just really big into a nomadic lifestyle. It's interesting. Carnies. It looks like uh, Midway Men. Okay. And then there's Carney. Midway Midway Men is only 10 minutes as compared to Carnival, the movie. Um, Is that the... I don't know. That's what it's. Also I know that. Right? I wonder if, if that's broken up into pieces. Oh, the life of a Here. carny. Well, let's just look up carny. How about that? Mm. So it looks like there's some options. We can do some research. Carny, also spelled carny, C-A-R-N-I-E, is an informal term used in North America for traveling carnival employees. In uh, the language they use, particularly when the employee operates a game. Clash quotations joint. I didn't know that inside baseball mm. food stand, also grab known as a grab or a popper. See, this is the inside baseball that we we don't know about. I like the or, term showy is used synonymously in Australia. So if you're in, a showy, I would spend a summer being a showy in in Australia. Yeah, would you do that? Yeah, that's a gap year. Yeah. <laughs> Spent like, a gap year in Australia being a showy. That's a carny for uh, those people. In but that's America. a story I'd want to fucking hear, right? That's a story <laughs> yeah. I'd give a shit about. Like, just, well, tell yeah, me just, about it. Well, just so cruise around New South day. Wales. Yeah. You know. <laughs> just cru- we cruise around New South Wales. Here's the funny thing. Bill, he used to work for GE. And now he's <laughs> Bill, a carny. But if you, yeah, you <laughs> in Australia. That, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bill, he's a showy now, though. Yeah, he's a showy. Go on. <laughs> Well, you're going to have my curiosity has been piqued. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so Carnies is a 2007 f- movie. Uh, is it? That seems like a fictional movie. Yeah. Yeah. That looks like it's not a real thing. It's a horror movie. A 2010 with filled with broken links. That looks. <laughs> God. That's garbage. This is a. This is another movie called Carney in 1990 or 1980. Oh, Starring Gary, Gary Busey, Busey Jodie Foster, Robbie Robertson of the band, and Meg Foster. Holy shit! Hmm. That might be. We might have to add that to the list. <laughs> That's so weird. What did Robbie Robertson? Oh, he produced it. Okay. That's still fucking weird. That's super weird. Huh. <laughs> so if you're ever playing uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, <laughs> Gary Busey and Jodie Foster were in a. <laughs> 1980 movie about carnies. Carnies. So Joe Dirt. I forgot. Yeah, Joe Dirt was. Uh, yeah, he spent. He was a carny. It's interesting. Oh well, it's he also Gypsy and Mardi Gras. Yeah, Gypsies. Show. That's another nomadic lifestyle I'm really yeah. into. It's interesting. I don't know. The making of a carnival con artist. Yeah, this is a. It's a. It's a weird. I would follow. Well, again, much like my uh, my writing my great American novel in a trailer park. Um, you want to write a you want to write a book? I want to write the great American novel and spend time in a car in, in a trailer park. Did I, I've never told you about this. I mean, I know that you want to live in a trailer park, but that's why I want to live in a trailer park. But I want to write the great American novel. Oh, you know, you did mention this. Yeah. You have mentioned this to me because everyone shows up there for some reason. For yeah, all these people get to the same place for different this, reasons how do you get to this one point in your life right and the characters and the relationships that you build and meet and why people are there it's kind of like when a bunch of bad things happen but something good comes out of it you never really understand it until you get to be able to step back and look at it 
that's the general motif hmm. I'm looking for in the great American novel. Well, you're going to be wrong, though. That's the best part. Why am I wrong? Well, because like it all, there's no reason why Sam lost his job. At, and uh, There uh, might be. So-and-so got cancer, and uh, little Susie got knocked up too young with an abusive wife. Gerald uh, found drugs. You know, it's uh, there's no rhyme or reason. But those are choices. Some things happen that are, you know, just uh, it's it's not Magnolia. Is that what you're saying? Well, not is that what you want? Magnolia. You want the Ma- you want Magnolia set in in, in, a, trailer in a trailer park? park? Yeah. Can I pitch that? <laughs> Can we pitch that? Yeah. Yeah. As so long imagine as Magnolia. No, mag imagine Magnolia. In a in a trailer park. A kaleidoscope of characters fighting the Chinese government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to pass. You had us uh, up until yeah, the Chinese yeah, government. Yeah, the Chinese government. That's when, that's when you lost me. Yeah, because uh, that's not good. Because we have we got people we got to answer to. We got it. Listen, do you have any idea how big their box office is? Because it's growing. Correct. It's growing, and we're not. So, fuck. Which is why you can't make movies about things that are controversial. They, they going back to Judd Apatow's comments. He he brought yeah. up the the interview. And um, which I haven't seen the entirety of that movie. I thought it was very rough, but uh, I think I fell asleep in the last 20 minutes. It seemed it seemed like a lot of low hanging fruit jokes where I thought yeah. where you could be. I mean, Seth Rogen and James Franco and I forget who directed it. Did one of them direct it? Mm, I but don't anyway, know. I expected more out of them other than yeah. just cheap gags of, you know, uh, Kim Jong Un being. You know, this caricature, basically. Right, right. So that's kind of where I was. I was like, well, this is, well, again, if you're going to, if you're going to make fun of something that's controversial, do it in a way that at least makes people think. So you're not, you're not opening yourself up to, um, you're just bigoted. You're just, uh, you know, you're a. Yeah. You're a colonizer. Not a colonizer, but. It's you know what I'm saying like with South Park like the South Park makes fun of everybody and anything like they're like, yeah I'm really looking forward to the the pandemic special they put oh out what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand you don't understand oh why you're into it so much no because they're going to do it in a nuanced way that's not just like this is the easy thing to make fun of so that's why we're gonna do it yeah. it's gonna be more well thought out and everything like that sure but, I think that's I mean uh, that's why I'd like to make a Carney movie and get it right this time. <laughs> Listen, no offense to Gary Busey and Jodie Foster, Jody Foster, respectively, uh, but uh, you did it wrong. You know, there was a lot. There wasn't enough people with hooks for hands. No, we got to watch it to be sure. Why Robbie Robertson, though, the guitar player from the band, was producing horror movies, I guess? I mean, I don't like think, a- was that a horror movie? Oh, was it a horror movie? You know, what? I think I've heard of this movie. The more I think about it. Why I, is he producing movies? That's a good question. <laughs> Frankie and Patch. I no. Here's the deal. There's just no way I can. Uh, force it's a drama. My, it's a force drama. myself to read the description of this movie. <laughs> I just like. I'm like. I started. I got two sentences, and I'm like. I just. Nope. Nope. Can't I'm done. Fucking do it. Uh, Fred Ward was in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it might be worth it to watch just for. Fred Ward, because I love that guy. It includes an early role for Fred Ward. Oh, man. 
So this is something we have some some homework to do for the podcast. We've got to watch this. Got to try to find a good Carney documentary, yeah. and if not, add another project to our project list. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it two stars out of four. It's <laughs> fair. He's dead, right? Yes, okay. he's dead. Good. And so is Gene Siskel. <laughs> Can close that book. <laughs> Can close that book. No, it's. No one's really taking their spot, by the way, of being movie critics. Yeah, there was Roper. Roper. What was the guy's name? So you don't even know his name? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He, like, because he, he replaced Gene Siskel. Mm-hmm. But no one cares anymore. Uh, Right. Well, people are only listening to... Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. You don't like Rotten Tomatoes, do you? They they do their weighted. It's weighted wrong. Like, it's, like, too... Uh, I don't know. What's the word? How do I want to say this? Like, it's... Just know you'll be held to this forever, by the way. It's not, like, it's... It has, like, a weird weighted to it, like, weight mm-hmm. to it, and I don't... You I think don't. there's advertisers involved? Sure. It, it's my opinion. You should find a movie reviewer. So people are... Uh, advertisers are paying Rotten Tomatoes to give them a better review. Is that what you're saying? No. That's not what okay. I'm saying. Well, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm asking what you're yeah. saying. Uh, no, I don't. No, it's, it's as far as like how like the scoring system works. Mm-hmm. It's an algorithm. It's an algorithm. Also, like I'm, I'm trying to remember, like if you speak somewhat favorably of a movie, like then it gets a positive. Like, it, you know, because everybody's reviewing system, mm-hmm. my thumbs up or, or my like my star levels mm-hmm. aren't necessarily completely congruent with their percentages. So I remember a few years ago when Get Out came out. Yeah. Um, it was 100% Rotten Tomato. They were using it in the advertisement. They were using it in the trailer. Yes. Um, do you think there's any influence that the studio or advertising has over Rotten Tomatoes to be able to use it and in a very uh, use it with an authoritative voice? It's like so... Because that was there was a percentage of people that went out to see that movie because Rotten Tomatoes had it one hundred percent, which is a very rare mark in the general public's eyes. It's weird, like the whole certified fresh thing. It's I don't like it. No, uh-huh. um, I'm trying to remember because I had a whole like list of why I didn't like Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I was like more of a fan of Metacritic or I don't remember. I I would use. You're not oh. answering my question, by the way. I no. How much how much pressure is put on there? I'm sure, like, if you go to a junket and you get wined and dined, and uh, you know you're more likely, and those people don't have an, you know, they can put out their uh, review all at once, and people who weren't invited to the junket, um, you know, their reviews get don't get added until later. I don't know. I don't remember. Any it doesn't matter. My thing is, this is my opinion. Find a movie reviewer who you identify as has similar likes and tastes as you, and listen to them. Just like the internet. Just like just well, like no, politics and everything well, else. No, like, just find the person well, that you I, agree with. I everything. I <laughs> I see movies the same way this person sees movies. So if we have similar tastes in movies, and if they say it's a good movie, then I'll watch it. But if they say, ooh, you know what, it, this is, I found this to be boring and I can't stand it, then I'm not going to watch but it. But going back to the Rotten Tomatoes. Like, yeah. And I and I agree with the sentiment. I mean, and first off, when you're looking for a new movie, it's always really nice to have someone that you can yeah. trust to be like, watch this movie. Yeah. You know, 
a lot of people have it with friends. You're not one of them um, in my world, by the way. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm never watching Snowpiercer, okay? You should, oh, do yourself a favor. Watch the, you still haven't watched Snowpiercer? I'm joking. I'm, no, I've been way too busy. Um, what are you talking about? What have you been doing? That was just uh, Saturday. Come you on. didn't watch two days or six days to air. so Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So I'm not that for you and you're not that for me. But anyway, the um, <laughs> with Rotten Tomatoes, though, you don't think there's advertisers or studios coming down and being like, hey, we wanna, we're going to pitch this. We, we really like this to be 100% certified fresh. Because I, I've noticed there are certain movies that where you're like, that's garbage. How is it certified fresh already? I think that's more just, I think that's more of. <sighs> you don't think there's any nefarious like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll work out. I think it's, that's done more on the individual level with the reviewers itself. Not so much with Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes but, are. But not. there's the critic score and the audience score. Those are two separate different those things. Are, those are two separate things. And the only thing that really matters initially is the. Critic score. Yeah, that's and that's why I'm saying there's that's the uh, entry to influence. Yeah, that's where people can get into it and be like, yeah, well, we have this deal, we figured this out. And and, and I just I remember get get out. I think was the first one that I remember seeing that use it in an advertisement. You don't, you don't like Get Out? No, I love I love Get Out. Okay, I'm not racist at all. I love Get Out. Um, <laughs> but it was the first one that I saw use. The certified fresh, one hundred percent rotten tomatoes. Yeah, I think uh, what was it, Ladybird also did it as well. Oh, yeah. um, it was the first time I saw. Did you like Ladybird? Yeah, yeah, Ladybird was good. So you like certified fresh movies? Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Two, two of them, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Ladybird was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really liked uh, what's her face from Roseanne, uh, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf. I, I thought she was fantastic. What was the movie where she was a stripper? Oh, uh, Far From Home. A movie I need to watch. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if I want to see Laurie Metcalf as a stripper, but... Even in the movie starring Richard Gere taking place in Worthington, Iowa? That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Laurie Metcalf. I'm like, holy shit. Laurie Metcalf's in this? Yeah. That's and, another and documentary. Brian da- and Brian Dennehy? That's another documentary. That we, we can't even get into it. We can't even tease everybody. Oh, my God. Far From Home, which is basically the same plot as Hell or High Water, by yeah. the way. We have way well, too many things on our plate before we get into. I got the, just too many projects. Yeah, I don't, it's I don't know. I'm gonna find a passion about one of them. I don't know what it is, but one of them. Well, Dwyer Brown, we can just Dwyer Brown. Just Dwyer Brown. Hey Dwyer, can you just call me up? I just want to bounce some ideas off. Got to bounce some ideas. We'll make it happen. We'll yeah, make it happen. And at the end of the day. Yeah, this could be a podcast. Yeah, we'll have more Dwyer Brown updates next week. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Be sure to give us a Dwyer Brown quote uh, for our Apple Review podcast and uh, check us out on YouTube as well. Anything else I'm missing, Nathan? Uh, just do yourself a favor and just uh, uh, just hammer Dwyer Brown on Cameo. I'm sure he'll appreciate not only the money, but the fact that we remember that he exists as a person. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> also, check us out on YouTube. Uh, and while you're on YouTube, go ahead and just search for Dwyer Brown and see what else he's been up to. I'm sure it's been a lot. Or watch the uh, trailer for Kari. Who knows? Mm.